Hey, we're in the middle of a series called The King of My Heart, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be quick tonight, but this is our foundation scripture. It is a new heart out of Ezekiel. A new heart will I give to you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Your first fill-in is that the work, a work has been done in each of our lives for a purpose. I don't think believers realize... Or young people realize that God put a new... If you need a fill-in, raise your hand and we'll get that to you as quick as we can. we got some fill-ins up here and bring these gentlemen some uh, pens as well. Two or three up here. That God has done a work in your life on purpose. Allie, you mind grabbing that? I think Ryan's got it. Here goes Ryan. Look at Ryan. I don't even know what I was saying. I was so impressed with Ryan that I just had to watch him. There you go. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. How many years have I been calling you doctor? A lot of years. <laughs> that our lives have been made for a purpose. And a new heart is meant to, listen to this, what's that purpose? Change the atmosphere everywhere we go. Here's the cool th part about being a believer, is that wherever you are, whether you're at, at school, or you're at your job, or you're in your neighborhood, that you were sent to make a difference and be a difference everywhere you go. And I know that's a cool cliche, but let me let you know that there is a world out there that needs believers to stand up and be believers. That a world out there needs us to demonstrate the grace of God that is on our life. That I'm jumping ahead of myself, but let's go to John. Go to John. Listen to Jesus. But the one about Jesus, but the one who indulges in sinful lies is of, is of the devil. I can list some people. Let me. <laughs> I'm kidding. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. But listen to this. The reason the Son of God was revealed was to do what? To undo the works of the devil. That the enemy's worst nightmare is the work of Jesus. His worst nightmare puts him out of business, sends all of his stock in decline rapidly when Jesus shows up and starts destroying the works of the enemy. Watch this. The enemy's worst nightmare is the work of Jesus in you. That he has a work to do on this planet through you. That you were designed to continue to destroy everything that the enemy has planned. Now let me make it plain, and those of you watching, that there is a, an enemy, and he has a plan, but you can destroy his plan and put it to flight every single time. What do you mean, Jonathan? Oh, I'm going somewhere. Look at your name and say, he's, he's going somewhere. And he's going <laughs> to get there quick. That you were meant to put him out of business. Here's the problem that we have today as believers. Let me just say, here's the problem we have just as people on the planet, is that we're too busy trying to be right instead of trying to be somebody that makes a difference for the kingdom. It amazes me, and I'll preach on my own kind, preachers, it amazes me that we're more apt to make people see the way we see things and, and, and be all out there with all of our opinions and thoughts instead of being a ministry to people. 
Now here's the deal with what we just, we just transitioned into a different administration and we really easily could go and, and say everything that we don't like or everything we do like about whatever's happening, but what would happen in the midst of it all where we said, God, we believe that you are shadowing over two men right now, a former president and a current one. What would happen if we started that ministry instead of trying to convince everybody that we're right? <laughs> okay, moving, <laughs> moving. But here's here's the other part about ministry. I'm preaching on my own. Okay, am I, am I okay with if I just slam me? Any pastors in the house? Or? <laughs> Is that we're too much trying to be by the by, like the world as well? We're we're too much trying to have a look like the world. And I'm not saying. Li listen, Taylor makes me look good. Hopefully, he makes me look thin up here. We got a lot of equipment going on. I'm not against equipment, but I'm talking about the feel of the world and calling it ministry. And I said it last week, a compromised gospel is no gospel at all. Let me take it a step further that people are lost or not looking for answers from people that are compromised. They're looking for people that hold a standard in their life. That was, the, that was the, the signature mark of Jesus is that he had a standard in his life. And let me make it plain, his standard changed lives. His standard broke bondages. I wish I couldn't, I keep on getting ahead of myself. That his standard made a difference. Look at this in Isaiah. What is that difference? It's on you right here. In that day, the Lord will remove the heavy burdens. Let me stop right there, full stop. That there are heavy burdens on people's lives that God wants to remove. And in that day, he will remove the heavy burden from your shoulder and break off the yokes of bondage from the next because of the heavy anointing that is where? The heavy anointing that is upon you. I hope I'm looking at some young people. I hope I'm preaching to some people online that you are looking for heavy burdens on people and looking to be the Jesus answer to them, to lift that burden off to them, to bring life to them. Let me, let me help you with this, that we love people as they are and where they are. And when that happens, the word of God, the gospel of the kingdom changes their lives. That when I walk in love, when I walk in his freedom, not perfection, when I walk in his grace and in his glory, it changes the things around me, changes the people around me. That anointing, as Isaiah says, it removes that heavy burden. Here, here's the part that, that bothers me. is that we have lost sight of people that are burdened. I'll tell you what the Lord, I don't know if I'm right in sharing this or not. God, maybe it was just for me. Some of the most out there, in your face, wicked people are some of the most burdened down, overwhelmed, oppressed people. And as believers, we're too busy avoiding them, chastising them for being sinners, which we all were at one time, instead of letting the light of the glory of God inside of me shine through me to break the burden that's on their life. 
I'm, I'm going to show you a place that, that, uh, that, that Jesus did this. Your next feeling that God's plan is freedom everywhere he goes. That what's, Jonathan, what's my plan? What's God's plan for my life going into my school? Freedom everywhere you go. What's God's plan for me going to my place of, uh, where I work? Freedom everywhere you go. That everywhere God goes, he has an Isaiah anointing that lifts up burdens, that lifts up uh, being, people being overwhelmed, that he has sent us to deliver that freedom everywhere we go. I'm talking about like DoorDash freedom. Not DoorDash, but I'm talking about that freedom that just shows up in people's lives. Freedom that just finds its way right in front of them like DoorDash. It says there, there is a God and he loves you and he wants you free and he's got a plan for your life and he can take the heavy weight that's on you, that weight of sin, that weight of shame, that weight of depression, that weight of, of, of fear. He can take that, that uh, oppression off of you. I forgot to put this in my notes, but the Lord just prompted me. I was listening to Joel Osteen the other day and he talked about being in a restaurant at some point and he said, I was in a bit of a hurry and I was going through the restaurant and he said, and I was walking out of the restaurant. I, I can't remember if he was running to the car somewhere or whatever, but he said, I happened to pass a man that was sitting by himself at a table and we caught eyes when I was going by at him and I just nodded my head and I smiled at him. And he said, I went on doing whatever I was doing. He said, a few days later, he received a letter in the mail from that man to his ministry because the man knew that who he was. And that man said something along the lines of us having one of the worst days of my life and asked for God somehow to, sh God, can you show me your kindness today? And he said, I just happened to be in the same restaurant with you. You walked by, you could have easily ignored me. You could have easily been focused on your phone. You could have easily been focused on wherever you're going. But you took the time. You took the moment to see my way and just give me a smile and nod at me. And he said, and that smile, that nod, that reassurance was God telling me it's going to be okay. That, he, that, he, that I matter to him. And I, and I hope I'm talking to some people in front of me that are looking for ways to be a blessing. The other day uh, here in Burleson, just the, kind of the right around the, the high school area, the power went off for a couple of hours. Yeah, try being in a high school with a bunch of kids and the power's off. So it happened to be during one of the, my lunch period fell in the middle where the power was off. So normally I'd run and get me a little muchaco here and trying to watch my girlish figure. So there was, a, if you went that direction toward Taco Bueno or Chick-fil-A or anything, the, all the lights were out too. The traffic lights were out. So there's lines everywhere. So I real quick thought, well, Crowley's probably not um, without power. And so I headed that way. There wasn't traffic going north on John Jones. And sure enough, the power was on that direction. And I went to... Taco Bell. Now you have to pray for me because <laughs> I, if you like Taco Bell, I'm sorry, I don't. <laughs> but it was the only thing that direction that was quick and fast and right there. So I went to Taco Bell. Not even, I didn't know what to get because I don't go to Taco Bell. Who goes to Taco Bell? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm just, everybody's like, what? <laughs> I'm a bueno man. I go through the drive-thru and the young lady taking the order and I'm not kidding you, I wish I wish y'all were in the car with me, was one of the most professional sounding 
young people I've ever heard in a drive-thru. So then I thought, well, maybe she's just the one on the headset. And so I get up to the window, and she's the one at the window as well. And that young lady, I mean, just like a, like a, a radio announcer's voice, would you like any, whatever the sauces they have, would you like any sauces with that? And like, we'll have your order right out in just a minute. Let me get your credit card processed. And, you know, they do everything like they put your little credit card in a tub and hand that to you. I'm like, you touched my credit card when you put it in that tub. Just hand me the credit card. <laughs> but just real, you know, professional. And right when I was about, she's handing, she'd already handed me my food. And just through the whole thing, this, she's got it. She has got it going on. And she's, she's got the little bucket out the window. And the Lord said, you know what to do, Jonathan. And she's got the little bucket out the window. Because here's my, my deal on fast food is that I think a lot of people, a lot of people, two things. A lot of people don't even notice the people that give them their food. And the second thing is, if they get their food wrong, it ain't right. Let me just tell you, as a believer, if you're watching out there, if you, if you get your order wrong and you get all bent out of shape because they put sour cream on, on, your, on your nacho bel grandes, you better, you better not get upset when I'm around. You better you be wearing that sour cream when I'm done with you. So she handed out, she had the, I said, and I just caught eyes with her for a minute. I said, you listen to me, young lady. And she's like, <laughs> I said, you are one of the most professional fast food workers I have ever met. And let me let you know something. You may be doing this job right now, and then you could just see her face soften. I said, you may be doing this job right now, but there's one day that lots of people are going to call you boss. She said, thank you. And she kept on holding the bucket. I was like, I've frozen her in time. That she's just... And then she said, your credit card's still in there, sir. <laughs> I was like, give me that credit card. <laughs> what am I talking about? I'm talking about us being deliverance everywhere we go. That we really easily, listen, we really easily could go through a line, get our nachos bel grande, get our uh, diet coke or whatever your drink of pleasure and drive off and make no difference. Or we can look for opportunities where we can be a delivering hand, that we can be the one that the king of, the king of my heart is, is sitting enthroned and he is ready to bring encouragement and freedom and, and liberty to people's lives. That's the kind of people we are. That's the kind of days that we are living in. Let me let you know that I talked to Bradley Giger, Giger Bradley uh, Dyer on, on the phone today oh my gosh I miss Bradley so much and so I'm talking to Bradley on the phone and what was I going to say about us talking to Bradley anyway just being a difference maker and Bradley and I were talking oh that's what he was telling me he goes man because we were talking about the inauguration he goes uh, uh, man just people are going crazy online either way I'm like what is wrong with us <laughs> don't answer that what is wrong? what is wrong with us that we, are, we have been conditioned as a society to jump on everything that angers us and that doesn't set well with us and we don't like in an instant. Instead of being a minister and a ministering spirit to others. 
And Brad, Bradley was saying, he said, he said I mean, he's just all over the place. He goes, he said, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, Jonathan. I said, good. Because <laughs> I said, Bradley, I follow five people and you're one of them. <laughs> I'm kidding. I follow more than that. What would happen if my expectation met the plan of God for other people? What would happen if I walked out my life expecting God to use me to bring liberty? Because if he's the king of my heart, if he's enthroned upon my heart, then I have that Isaiah power on the inside. You have that Isaiah power on the inside of you. The problem is that we aren't moved like God's heart is moved. I had a situation last night, because this has been my prayer. This is just, God, make my heart attentive to what people need. So I went to racetrack yesterday, um, and Sam and I like this, this, what's that tea? It's like brisk tea, but it's green. I don't even know what flavor it is, but Jesus likes it too. So Sam called me up and he said, can you bring some of that brisk tea that's green tea? And I said, yes, I'll go back because I like that. So I got two of those and then I got two more of the brisk pink tea, whatever the heck that is. It tastes good too. So I've got these, all these brisk teas in my hand at racetrack and I get to the checkout and the checkout is all the way back to the, to the hot dogs. And, in, and, and it's not like QT, they're right there. I mean, it's like, you know, four or five people back. So I'm standing there holding my green brisk tea, and I notice these precious two little uh, girls walk through the door, and uh, they had their little masks on, little cute braided hair, looked like Bree's hair braided the other day, both of them just precious. And so we're moving up one at a time on to get to the, to the, to the checkout counter, and I get right then. I'm next. And so we're all in a line all the way back to the hot dogs. And I'm in line, got all my brisk tea, and they're cold, and my fingers are getting numb at this point. And, and one of those little girls, she comes up, girlfriend comes right over, and she cuts in line right there and stands right there. <laughs> and so much so that it was obvious, so much so that the, that the checkout uh, later says, sir, you're next. I said, no, no, no. You, you could take her. She's ready right there. And she looked at me. I think she realized that she, I mean, she all of a sudden sees this, you know, marathon line of people. She goes, oh, thank you. And so she goes up there. So I'm standing there. There you go, Lord. You're teaching me how to prefer others. Her sister comes and stands in the same place. <laughs> same same cashier, sir. I said, darling, you, you go right over there. And I turn around, and there's like six people behind me, and I just went. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of them say, you can wait for a school bus to come up and let every kid go in front of you, sir. What am I saying? The Lord prompted me as I was walking back to the car. He says, you say a prayer over those two little girls. One, I mean, look like seven, maybe 10. I said, what? Lord, okay. So I'm praying on, the, praying on the way back to the car. Lord, I thank you that you're moving in those young ladies' lives, that you're protecting their little spirits. You're causing their, their destinies to come to pass, that you're doing great things in their heart. And uh, whatever their, wherever their home life is like, I thank you, Jesus is Lord, all that kind of stuff. And so I, I'm in my car, and I'm going to my sister's house. We've got, I've got my tea. I've ticked off everybody in line behind me. And, and I finally just said in my heart, I said, Lord, Why? Why? 
and, and he, said, he said this in my heart. He said, how many other people would have taken the time to pray for those two little girls? I don't know. I don't, I don't know how many would have. But I, I know this, that God interrupted my day to give me an opportunity. That, that when we allow him be to, to be the king of our heart, that he'll interrupt, he'll interrupt us buying brisk tea to pray for two precious little girls that I don't even know who their names are, don't, probably may never see them again. But I'm talking about lives that are looking for places to be ministered. Listen to this story about Jesus. One Sabbath day while Jesus was teaching in the synagogue, he encountered a seriously handicapped woman. She was crippled and had been doubled over for 18 years. Her condition, how many of you are under 18? Anybody under 18? She was bent over and crippled longer than you've been alive. Her condition was caused by a demonic spirit of bondage that had, listen to that, it was caused by a demonic spirit of bondage that had left her unable to stand up straight. And when Jesus saw her condition, he called her over and gently, I love this, gently laid his hand on her. And then he said, dear woman, you are free. I release you forever from this crippling spirit. Instantly, she stood up straight and her, and tall and, oh, listen to that, and overflowing with glorious praise to God. And the Jewish leaders who were there in charge of the synagogue were infuriated over Jesus' healing on the Sabbath day. Six days you're to work, they shouted angrily to the crowd. Those are the days you should come here for healing, but not on the seventh day. And the Lord Jesus said, you hopeless frauds. I read that this morning. I was like, I could name a lot of people. That could be called you hopeless frauds. I'm going to make a video and just put it on. You hopeless frauds. He's talking to these religious leaders. You hopeless frauds. Do you not care for animals on the Sabbath day? Untying your ox or your donkey from the stall and leading it away to water. And if you do this for your animals, what's wrong with allowing this beloved daughter of Abraham who has been bound by Satan for 18 long years to be united untied and set free on the Sabbath day. And when they heard this, his critics were completely humiliated. Good. And but his crowd shouted with joy over the glorious things Jesus was doing among them. Listen closely. Is that when we get hung up on little bitty stuff, Instead of what is important, we are worried about people breaking the Sabbath day, yet we will untie our oxen and untie our donkeys and take them to water. And Jesus' point is that your perspective and your priorities are all out of whack. People are what matter. I really easily could have just said, uh, now darlings, see this long line right here and see all these people are waiting? You, you're going to need to go to the back of the line. I could have just gone through the drive-thru and when she handed me my credit card, say, thank you, you have a good day. But when we focus on the little stuff that doesn't matter, when they put mustard on the Whataburger instead of mayonnaise or the other way around, whatever your, whatever your flavor is, I, I wish I was kidding. 
I wish I was kidding when I have seen people get out of their car in fury and gusto, grab their bag like they have uh, just been robbed and march into a restaurant and stand at the counter like fools. I feel like a line from a movie called Big Business. Eat the mayonnaise. Just eat the mustard instead of putting all this garbage. But listen, do you see how our society has conditioned itself that we will bark at and insult and degrade another human being over something as stupid as mayonnaise instead of being a ministering light to them? I'll take it a step further, and I didn't plan on saying this that there's some ministers out there that have a service and then they go to a restaurant and they treat the, the, the waiter or the waitress like a junkyard dog and expect God to use them. Let me make it plain. If you don't know how to treat somebody that's serving you, you will not win the lost. If you can't get the basics down of being a minister to somebody that you unexpectedly are face-to-face with in a drive-thru or in a checkout, if you're not ready to do that, you're not ready to win the loss. Let me take it a step further. If you're ready to do that, God said, Jesus said, the fields, and this is next week's, the fields are white unto harvest. And I'm like, God, I am ready for the harvest. I'm ready for the harvest of hurting people. That Jesus, and I, and I, I, I messed this one up, that Jesus had enough of every, had more than enough for every weapon the enemy tried to use. This is what happens when I don't have Miss Melinda proof my notes. He had more than enough for every weapon the enemy is trying to use. I like what Pastor Tommy says on, at Discovery. He says, I'm not running from the devil. He's running from me. What do you mean, Jonathan? I mean that when you walk into Kroger or you walk into Target and you get face-to-face with somebody and you decide to be a blessing to them, that the enemy runs for cover because he knows you bring deliverance. Nothing can stop, bless you, nothing can stop the the work of God on this earth. Nothing. Nothing can stop it. We will either watch it Or we'll be a part of it. But he will be God. Monkey man, if you don't mind coming down. He will be God in this planet. And there's two things that'll happen. We'll either watch it or we'll be in the middle of it. And I hope I'm talking to people that will be right in the middle of it. Listen to this in Jesus as I close. Jesus replied, while telling, talking to his disciples, while you were ministering, I watched Satan topple until he fell suddenly from the earth like lightning in the ground. Now you understand that I have imparted to what? To you all my authority to trample over the enemy's kingdom, that you will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. However, your real source of joy is merely 
is, isn't merely that these spirits are submitted to your authority, but that your name is written in the journals of heaven and that you belong where? This is my next week's. To God's kingdom, that the tr- that's the true source of your authority, that your life is meant to bring God's kingdom onto the earth. Your life, my life, that everywhere you go, people are being set free should be a common occurrence. That when you walk into a room, the atmosphere changes and the atmosphere of liberty comes because you're there. That the best living is seeing the freedom of God flowing through your heart, through the king of your heart, to a world that is in desperate need. To a world that is in desperate need. To a world that is in desperate need. I'll tell you what I'm believing for, and I'm going to tell you next week how we can implement it. A couple of years ago, I had a young lady in my first period class and we had had school for a few months at some, this point. The bell had rang for first period to end and she came up to, my, to where my desk was and she said, uh, Mr. Moore, can I tell you something real quick? I said, sure. She says, I want you to know that I, I deal with anxiety and depression a lot. I said, well, I am sorry to hear that. She says, but I want you to know something else. That when I'm in this room, when I'm in this classroom, I don't have anxiety and depression. Everywhere we go, that that should be the reality. Did you hear me? Everywhere we go, that should be the reality. And that's been my prayer since that day. I, I had a, a, a counselor come up to me, and I'm not to toot my horn. I'm just telling you what I believe God for. I'm just telling you what he does. Because it ain't me. If you, Some of y'all have been in my classroom. Kaylin, you've been in there. I'm a jerk. I mean, I'm a... <laughs> this counselor... Uh, no, it was the nurse. The nurse uh, said, what, what do you do in, in your class? What do you mean? She said, I had a young lady in my class and, and she kept on looking at her watch and asking me when third period was going to start. And I said, well, whatever she was doing, she's having her temperature taken or taking medicine or something. I don't know, laying down for a tummy ache or whatever. And, and, and the nurse said, I was about to send her home. Call her mom and have her mom pick her up. And she goes, what what is going on with third period? She said, third period is Mr. Moore's class and I can't miss it. And she said, do you have a test today? She goes, no, I just can't miss it. It, It's it's so much fun. And it's not that, it's not me. It's not, I, 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 it's the spirit of God. It's it's not me. It's the spirit of the living God that when he is the king of our heart, And I fail him in so many ways every day. But when he's the king of our heart, that you never know what you're you're putting off. And that that these people that are are burdened with life, next week I'm gonna tell you what the kingdom does through you. And they walk into your room, your room, your, your, they, they're working next to you at, at your place at where you work or they're, they're in that class with you and they're burdened. 
You ever had that where you walk into a class and you sit next to somebody and they, and they lighten up, they beam, they smile because you're, you're in class? That ain't you, darling. If you're like me, we're boring as shucks. It's the presence of the living God. I said it's the presence of the living God on us. So let's receive that today. Father, we just thank you right now that you have put inside of us this spirit of liberty, this anointing that removes burdens and destroys yokes. And so we just receive right now, God, that everywhere we go, that we are light, that we are salt, that we are a blessing, that the kingdom is established, that our hearts overflow with glory, God, and and bring health and healing and restoration to somebody in desperate need. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.